the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester along with Paul Peck. We are from BuffaloSportsPage.com along with the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. And we have a lot of things to get to. And the number one thing on everybody's mind is Le'Veon Bell with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike. And long-term deal, no. He... It depends on what you believe. Turned right, Paul. He turned down a big yeah, deal, some, right? Michael fill us in, but but I'm shocked if that in fact is true, Mike. That he turned down a long term. I'm shocked the Steelers offered it, and I'm shocked that he would turn because all we've kind of heard from Le'Veon Bell is, is complaining <laughs> slash whining about the franchise tag. So why would he turn down a long term deal? So so first, let's let's go around here. Anybody think this was going to get done? No. 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 Anybody think it should have gotten done? No. Did, did no. The Steelers were the Steelers right or wrong here? Absolutely right. Well, no, well, they offered him something, so he turned it down. I think the Steelers are wrong in offering it to him. Okay. All right. I, I think we we can agree with that. Or um, maybe they offered him something they knew he'd turned down and negotiate just so they could save face and say, Well, we did offer him a long term deal. It's been I, done before. You know, if it's done every year by teams. I, Who are I, we kidding? I'm, I'm gonna tell you that even if it wasn't done that way, it was done that way because I think we've talked about it a lot here. The Steelers just don't guarantee money. They don't do it. They don't guarantee base salaries ever, 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 ever. Not even Roethlisberger. Nobody gets guaranteed base salaries. So the only way to get this done with guarantees intact is a gigantic signing bonus and then some roster bonuses down the line, which aren't guaranteed until you get there, right? Those are rolling guarantees, which is what he's trying to avoid. He's he's rightfully so. He, he wants guaranteed sign, at signing money because he's one injury away. He's 26, right? If he puts puts down a four year contract, he has contract, a lot of miles, tons of miles. He's out. He's out of the backfield every play. So, he, rightfully so, he wants probably at least two years fully guaranteed out of the gate. And they couldn't do it because a signing bonus is now, and you know, and even Antonio Brown, right? He's yes, he's worth 17 million a year when you look on paper, but he only made 19 million guaranteed, all in the form of a signing bonus. So that's that's the dilemma. This is just the wrong team to be doing business with if you're Le'Veon Bell. And the wrong position, I think, as we've talked well, in the past before. So let's talk about that because that's the next conversation here. Because now you now you say, okay, he's going to get paid. Look, let's let's start with that. He's going to get paid. He's getting what, 14, what's he getting on the five, franchise? 14.5. Okay. All right. So if you include this year and, and last year on his last fr- franchise tag, you're talking $26 million. That's $6 million more than any running back in the league has ma- ha- will have made over the last two years. How's so, he supposed to live the rest of his life? Right. So, so no, I don't want to hear any more about <laughs> it, him being underpaid or underappreciated. It, it, it's not, but, it, but it, he is because 2019 has $0 with to it, and that's his point. His point is even if he signs that $70 million contract, next year is not guaranteed. It's not because if he's hurt and, and blah, blah, blah. So... Yeah, but he's, so he's thinking negatively. Franchise. He's thinking negative. He should be thinking positive well, that they he'd still have be productive. If he's going to have a great year this year, he is. Why now. wouldn't they keep him? So he's turning to that now because now he re- he sees the the light at the end of the tunnel. He knows there's going he's going to a new franchise. His agents already said this. I love that. I yeah. love it. I try right. to get him on for this. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I I want to see how it got to that point. I want to see how sure you, you you got an offer, you turned it down. Obviously, you know the money wasn't there guaranteed wise. But how did you get to going to Twitter and saying, I think our tenure in Pittsburgh is done? Like, where did, where did that turn, right? Because you, you've just eliminated 2019, essentially. But it's because of this. It's because there's going to be teams out there that, that will give him two years guaranteed, even at age 27 next year. And when we look at the list, it's a pretty great list of running backs. I tweeted it out yesterday. It starts with, with the top. You've got David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell both going to hit the market next year. That's fun. That's, fu- that's good for this position. 
because you're going to have teams kind of vying for these guys, and the guaranteed money should increase. You should see an uptick. And if you've got guys like Jay Ajay have another great year, uh, and there's a few more out there, but uh, this is a chance for a rejuvenation of this of this position. These are two of the elite players of the generation because they're both catching 50 balls. They're both, you know, yards from scrimmage is close to 2,000. I mean, it's they're phenomenal numbers, and they're huge assets to their offense. And I don't think either stay with their current franchise. Yeah, but but right? as as yeah, no, I agree with you. And and again, that's all related to what we've talked about over the past is is teams have started to recognize the yeah. shelf life of the position. Draft them, use them all over the place. Get their 3 or 4 years out of the running back and by then they've started to f- head over the top of the hill and on the downside get them out, get another one in, use them, and cycle it through that way. And I don't know whether guys like Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson are going to have to start wrapping their head around that a little bit because it's it's the trend in the league. And frankly, from a very um, unemotional, unfan attachment level, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And it's not just running back, Mike. It's a lot of other positions around the league. Teams have started to realize, get the best four years out of the guys that you can get. They're never going to be better in the next four that they were in the first four. Go find another one. Well, and I think a large part of that is the player coming into the NFL is more ready to play than in previous years, and they're better trained. Right, so they're able to come in and perform. Particularly physically. running backs, which is Absolutely. always the position that they say is the easiest to transition to immediately. I I, I have to agree with you um, that the running back is sort of an outlier with that. But we're we talked about the wide receiver position too with this. I mean, the converse, this conversation can be had with Odell Beckham Jr. right now. Right now, I mean, it's the same situation. I'm sure there's been an offer. I'm sure, and I'm sure it's been low. Right, I'm sure it hasn't been twenty million a year with you know the the, the hundred million guaranteed he thinks he deserves. Um, so this is going to, going to become a conversation that happens across the league soon. And it's because of the franchise tag. Let's not beat around the bush here. It's because that teams now have five, six years of leverage with these players. I did a piece, um, where I sort of aligned this to the college metric. Going to college is sort of like being in the NFL right now. You've got your four year contract, four years of undergrad. Some teams think you're worth a fifth year or a sixth year, right? With grad school. And then you're gone. Go find a job somewhere else. That's what that's what this is happening. You're seeing four years and out the door for a lot of players, um, and the franchise tag has become a, sort of like a a bridge, an expensive bridge, but a bridge. And you can afford it because the cap's going up ten million every year. So until that stops happening, uh, the franchise tag is great because it pays guys a lot of money right away, and it's great because the the teams don't have to think about it. Right? They don't have to think about all this mess. Once July seventeenth hits and the deadline is passed. These guys are locked in. Yep. Maybe they hold out, but most won't. Le'Veon Bell's not going to hold out because he he's 26. He wants to get paid next year. He's not going to hold out. I mean, I've heard he's going to hold out for half a year. We'll, we'll be talking about that if it happens. You, yeah. you, you, I don't want to drift this off into global conversations here, but what you're saying to me has me thinking that are we moving to the level of the NFL where there won't be second contracts? 
Yes. That guys won't get. And remember, keep in mind, every player plays for the second contract because your rookie scale depending. And, and, you know, again, if you're an underdraft, you're a drafted middle round guy, and you emerge as a as a Pro Bowl level player. You didn't get paid to begin with. You only get paid in the second contract. So it's all about the second contract. Our team's starting to grasp the concept that you know what? We're only going to give a few franchise tags and a few second contracts out to positions with longevity but other than that if I need another wide receiver D end linebacker corner I'll just go have enough confidence in my scouting staff to go get me another one the Patriots have been doing this for years yes right yeah you're right so, Kevin you're right let me take it one step further because I'll, t- I'll give you a- an angle that this may be going even deeper uh, this may be affecting the college game very soon um, because what's going to happen is Basically, what you're saying is get to the NFL as soon as possible, get paid, because you're going to be out the door sooner than later. Well, one of the ways to do that is to circumvent college now. And there's ways to do it. You can go to the this new American Football League. You can go to the XFL. You can make $50,000 a year, $80,000 a year, which is way more than you're going to make in college. Let's be fair there. And you can you can take have one, two good years there, be scouted by those same NFL scouts, and be in the NFL when you're 20 years old. So that that is going to be something that interesting. Super thought about players. those new leagues as as a, a way for. I mean, the other thing would be, you know, if you're a legit player, you go put your three years of college in and get out. That's fine, but you're you're 21, right? You're, I, I think Mike's got a point. There's going to be plenty of yeah. players who, you know, come on, let let's not kid ourselves. College is a holding pattern, of course, them, right? I mean, there's a circle course. in the airport that's landed in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, they'll go play. For in, 50 grand, in, which X, is a lot of money for it. So, so XFL is paying 50 to 80. Are those leagues going to be hesitant to sign those guys, no. or is there going to be a hint, hint, no nudge, nudge from the NFL or whatever, like don't? Sign guys that don't have to haven't been to college. They're competing with the NFL. Yeah. Let's not, not get well, ourselves. They're I, competing with the NFL. Not really, though, Kevin. I don't think so. Oh, they're not playing yet. in the offs. They're playing in an odd season. They're they're never going to have the talent level of the NFL. They're they're trying to fill a twenty a twelve month a year desire for the NFL. And and again, here's another. I don't want to drift Wait, off on who's other desiring t- to watch football. You're on. I'm not. Well, a lot Give of people are though, Kevin. And here's the problem. I'm watching that, NBA summer league right now. I'm like, why am I watching here's this? The yeah, but that's problem. On you. Yeah, I know. Here's the problem. Those two <laughs> leagues are going to face. Uh, and even though the the, the Alliance League is going to start in January, and the, and they claim they're going to pull the guys that got cut off the bottom of the roster, who wants to watch that? Do people really want to watch that? Do, do, there are there already aren't thirty two good NFL quarterbacks. There certainly aren't thirty two good left tackles. So <laughs> do I really want to watch left tackle number fifty seven ver- uh, try to protect quarterback number seventy two? Thank you for. Uh, supporting my point of who want, who wants football. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't think they're. Yeah, well, I don't disagree with you there. That's why I also don't think they're competition to the NFL. I just think they're 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 filling in as long as the TV networks are are need football like they like like uh, like they need their fix. They'll put well, they'll put it on. I'm I'm watching flag football the other day because there was nothing else on. Well, here's because it's right. football. All right, let's talk about the numbers here real quick. And Mike, I'm interested in your opinion, uh, frankly, because Paul needs to rest here for a yes. second. Uh, but <laughs> 
So the players, the practice squad guys. Yeah. Let's talk about those players, right? That that's Alliance Football League guys. Yes, that's exactly. So what here's it is. where they're competing with the NFL because those practice squad players, off season workouts, mini camps, all these things that they would not be doing to make it to the NFL. This is where the competition comes in because the allure of the Alliance Football League and XFL is going to be come start here where you can get better by playing and showing things off and be the best player here as opposed to doing the process in the NFL practice squad and working your way up on the 53-man, you know, knock some guy out in training camp. To me, it, that's where the competition It's only going to have to happen once, right? I mean, it's, you're only going to need one good story of a player going that route, going through that league for what, whether it's half a year or a full year. You and need then, a Kurt and Warner story. And platforming to the NFL. Yeah. And, and same thing with, with a potential college kid who skips college, goes to one of these leagues, and then platforms right to the NFL. You only need one story. And then you're gonna, it's going to start to be a trend. I think the league that is going to really suffer is perhaps the CFL. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. See, here's where I think I disagree with you because the CFL is different. Because the guys in the CFL have been have been through two to three NFL right. training camps and practice squads in their first couple of years and have realized there's not likely much chance they're going to make the NFL. So, but they're good enough players to go to the CFL so. and play for five years. And that's where I think the you're talking about the the differences, Kevin. A guy, a rookie who gets cut in training camp who an NFL team wants on the practice squad is going to stay in the NFL. It's the third-year guy who's already third or three or four years out of college that gets cut in the NFL training camp who's going to say, Where, I'm never going to make the NFL now, but I can go play in this league and get paid, maybe become a star. That's what the CFL is right now. The CFL is established. They have TV contracts. They have big stadiums. I don't think this is going to be a threat to the CFL at all, if you ask me. I, it's a different pool of players. I, I look at the CFL more of like a seniors league. Yes. <laughs> you know, a little bit. Where, I think you're right. But but that's why I, I think this is a difference. I think what's happening now is more of a minor league system, and that's that's inviting. That's inviting for college players who aren't in the SEC, who need a, who need a TV show, you know what I mean, who need to get out there. And this is going to happen. Pay me seventy five grand a year. Right. I'll go out and play on TV for a couple of weeks, yeah. and, and maybe I'll make the, a team. The NFL needs to – there needs to be a couple guys that sign in the NFL, yeah. and then that will establish it as a minor yeah. league. But again, we've seen other minor leagues. You know, here the problem is the NFL teams don't want to let potentially good players go to play in this league. Right. If you have your, your fourth quarterback from training camp that you can't keep on your roster but you see potential in him, um, you're not, you don't want him to go play there. You want to keep him in your system, in your building. You know That, that was what killed the, 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 the NFL Europe was that NFL teams would prefer to have prospects spend the whole summer at OTAs than they would have them go play in Barcelona. All right, I'll give you a reason why you may be right, um, and it's really just based on Status: the, the practice squad player in the NFL this year is going to make have a chance to make one hundred twenty nine thousand a year if they're there every week at seventy six hundred dollars a week, like it's slotted in the CBA. So you're you're talking eighty three thousand dollars a year in the Alliance of American Football. That's the average. That's the maximum salary versus one twenty nine to be a practice squad player. So it, yes. It, it, will, it will pay more to stay in the NFL. And a perception that you weren't good enough to play in the NFL and now you're off the radar. I think there's, I sure. think that exists. Right now. But, but like, there'll but, be guys. Just like the CFL. Guys don't come from the CFL back to the NFL. They, other, than, other than Cameron Wake, name me guys that have done that. But I think it's the AAF's job to 
change that optic for them. I think it's their job to become the minor league that that graduates rather than the senior league that never gets back. Doug Flutie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it's rare. Yeah, but that when he was thirty five years old. I don't think anybody. I don't even think anybody thinks Manziel's coming back. Do you? No. No. I mean, that, I mean, isn't that the example? You know, and again, <laughs> I, I, I see, have. I, you know, listen. You, 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 what the the, the game? I'm not saying like, if you're just looking at dollars and cents. Yeah. The practice squad player stays in the NFL for sure. Forty thousand more. But when you look at the and guy, the with, guy with, of the chance to get promoted. Yeah, but the guy who says, you know what, I'm going to go instead of sitting here and getting the crap beat out of me. Well, I, they don't do that much anymore, but instead of running scout team stuff, I'm going to go and be a star and show that I can perform and put up huge numbers in that league where another team's like, you know what, we're going to bring you to camp and you got a chance to do it. Well, Chance and, to be, and, make and, a team. And I don't disagree. You're right, Kevin, but I, I actually know some guys who play in the CFL and I've talked to them about this. Now, remember, guys that are in the CFL have probably been through one or two NFL training camps and didn't make it. Um, they're starting to get a little older and then they'll get to the CFL and they'll establish themselves as very good players and the NFL will always sniff around a little bit, sure. but they'll, hey, come to training camp. Well, uh, am, I, am I guaranteed? Do I have a guarantee? I'm a starter in the CFL, but you're telling me I can come to your NFL training camp with no guarantees that I'm going to make the team, and now, if I don't make the team, now I've already missed part of my CFL season. So once you make that decision to move up to the CFL, or maybe one of these other leagues, I feel like you've made that decision that you know you're never going to make the NFL. Well, I think one of the other issues, too, I I believe the NFL and CFL, whether they still have an agreement, or that, like if you once you start a CFL season, you cannot yes. go to you. Well, you're why, locked in. Yes, you can't Johnny go Manziel to training camp. Signed a two-year contract, and the NFL has promised they will not poach yeah. guys. So it's if a Johnny Manziel, agreement. Yes. you know, I, now if he lights it up, uh, you know, would would Hamilton be willing to let him go back to the NFL if somebody wanted him next year? But contractually, he's there for two years. Well, and here's the other issue I see with this Alliance Football League. Um, so it's played in the spring. So let's say you have a star out of there, but he's just played a full season. Yeah. What starts is, in January now, right. so it's not even it's it's like January to April. Okay, so you play January to April, um, and then you're going to hop right into mini camps and stuff in the NFL. Like, what are you going to have in the tank? Like the wear and the wear and tear there. I, it could be an issue. Right. It's it's it'll be intriguing to see how it all works out. But and I do I think I, the college angle yeah. is probably perhaps the is, is jeopardized the most for players going to play there to you know kind of go play in Europe basketball to get that one year yeah, exactly. out of high school and then before they go to the NBA. Yeah, could, could if I'm accurate on the January to April time frame for the FL, I think it's very interesting that it's done when someone could step into the start of NFL mini camps. Yep. Like, you know, and, and again, there's an NFL influence via Bill Polian and some other people in that league. They're setting it up to try to do that. They're not playing it from April to July right. because that eliminates those guys' opportunity to make the NFL completely. Yeah, they're, but they're, they're trying to be a minor April, league team. They done are, in yeah. April, draft. Yeah. Uh, we need another corner. Hey, that guy played pretty well for in the AFL. Let's bring him in, and we get we get uh, two months out of him before training camp. This is actually a Silicon Valley-type move. Oh, yeah. Right? It's calculated. Be- oh, yeah. Yeah, because oh, yeah. essentially what they want to do is prove themselves as a league and have the NFL buy it. That's right? it. Right? Yeah. That's, That's it. exactly right. That's it. Right. Brilliant. I just, bottom line, I think the players aren't going to be good enough. We, 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 The fans have a standard set for what they watch in the NFL. And I just, it was like the original XFL back in the day. The games weren't good. I, the players weren't good enough. People are like, yeah, I'd love to watch football in June. Oh. 
Um, this I, I isn't just, really just, very good. I'm going to go find something else to do. I'm just, I'm really intrigued at the idea of a four star running back skipping college and going to one of these well, teams. That's, and that's, becoming an absolute monster, you know, viral star. You know what I mean? Because obviously the competition is not going to be like it would be in the SEC, right? We can't, we can't bank on that. But if he's blowing up 250 yards a game in this league and he's all over the internet, of course everybody's going to pay attention. And that's going to, that's where this goes. Do that's you where suspect there have been some discussions between the NFL, the colleges and this league about what are we going to allow guys to do? To you be. know, I mean, again, because if you let a kid straight out of high school yeah. play one year and lead the, a, the, the Alliance in rushing, and go right to the NFL. You've completely circumvented as an undrafted what, free agent. Completely on a circumvented salary. the three-year minimum. <laughs> well, hang on, the NFL draft. Don't you? You have to be two years out of high school. Three. It's three. three. Okay. Yeah, that's three why. That's why you school. can come out after your sophomore year if you've redshirted. Well, so I would imagine that rule still. So an NFL NFL team cannot go sign a twenty-year-old. Um, it was two years out of college. Even played in this league, he's got to play three years. Okay. And yeah. so by the time, so if he's a star after three years, he's already got enough. Um, is he? What well, you know? Is an NFL team going to jump on a guy who's already had a played three years with two hundred and fifty carries a season? He's made two hundred fifty thousand dollars doing it. All right. Well, here, but here, <laughs> here's a challenge on that. Um, sure, financially and number wise, but with a college atmosphere. Yep. Um, let's so let's say Alabama. Let's look at Alabama. Is he going to get as good of care? I'm hmm. saying physically on his body training. Uh, you know, nutrition, all those things um, with an Alliance Football League team that will get at Alabama. That that not remains likely. to be seen. Not likely. That remains to be seen. Right? Not not likely. Anyhow, it's fascinating. Yeah, I'm it sure is. somebody tuned into this podcast today and said, man, I hope they talk about the Alliance yeah, Football we, we League. Yeah, we did drift it. We did drift <laughs> off the top. I've actually, I've actually so got a decent get transition. Get us back on top. I've got, I've got a decent transition here. So I, I wrote a piece that kind of outlined this whole process, right, where rookie contracts are kind of ruining the league a little bit, things like that. It's just something that's been kind of you know festering in my head because veterans are really getting a raw deal right now. And I started making my, my roster bubble list. And I, got, I got over 100 players without even trying. So for the end of summer, I'm talking veterans at the end of summer who could get cut because there's a younger guy who got drafted or you know whatever it's going to be, too much cap. Uh, but there's a list of 110 players on Trek right now who may not be on this roster come September. So all of that sort of festered back into this conversation of, you know, the rookie contract, where are we going? And then do, does it really work? That's where I finished this, this piece is does it, does it really work to play youth all the time? And, you know, can you get to the finish line with it? We sort of saw it with the Eagles last year, and that's where I started my thinking because we saw Carson Wentz sort of take this team under his arm and go, but Carson Wentz didn't finish this deal. Nick Foles did, and I think that's underrated. And, we, and I started to think about other young, young quarterbacks recently drafted one, two years in, and it, just, it hasn't happened. Russell Wilson is the only player in in modern in recent history that has finished it, that has won a Super Bowl in a one, second or third year of his rookie contract. Nobody's done it in the first year, obviously. Second, third year of a rookie contract, only Russell Wilson. And that was completely an outlier. Let's be fair there. That was an outlier. He had a team around him. And uh, he was just sort of – the league wasn't ready for his kind of athleticism. Did Roethlisberger do that too? He was year three. But okay. that was – 12 that was long that was tons of years ago so let's be fair to that that was way before 2011 on the rookie wage scale so we're we're in a situation now where the rookie wage scale allows teams to draft quarterbacks all the time and they're doing it they're drafting them first round because they've got them for six years they know it and they're cheap for six years on the fifth year option and and the franchise tag but is that really if you're if you're doing that if you're the browns and the bills 
even the Rams, right? And, and you draft high and, and the Eagles. Can you win a Super Bowl in that time? Because we've just talked about the length of these contracts and how the, the, the careers have come down to seven, eight years. You're not getting 15-year careers like Tom Brady anymore. It's not happening. So if you've got that window and you've built your franchise to be ready, right? Like, like the Browns sort of have. The Browns have been, for three years, they've been awful, but they've been boatloading money in free agency, drafting the right players positionally. They're sort of ready to go. They've got a great offensive line. They've got four wide receivers, two tight ends, three running backs. They're ready. So is it Tyrod Taylor or Baker Mayfield? But if it's Baker Mayfield, can he win? Can Baker Mayfield win in two years? Because I think the, in the, two years, that team's very different because yeah, of free agency. Yeah, I mean, very I think the, the larger question is, can you completely make over a team in that short amount of time? You can't. You've got to. Because generally, timings, if you're drafting one of those quarterbacks, you were bad. You, you are. But that's what I mean. They sort of did it backwards. They built everything else up, and then they dropped the quarterback in. Right? Where a lot of teams don't do that. Browns are going to be a very like, interesting case study this we're year. We're here in they? Buffalo. The Bills did it the other way, right? The Bills yeah. have... They completely got rid of their offensive line, not not by their choice, really. But um, you know, they've got a thirty year old running back who's going to be out the door probably next year, maybe this year. Yeah, and they've <laughs> or got sooner. No wide receivers, none. I mean, th- th- I don't think Calvin Benjamin's here next year. Zay Jones might not be here next year. They've got zero wide receivers long term. Charles Clay's out the door this year, maybe next year, right? I, I mean, they've got nothing around Josh Allen, who they've drafted seven or over- overall this year. So, two complete opposite franchises in how they've kind of constructed this thing. But does either of it work? Can either of these teams win in two years? Well, the... Not playoffs. I know a lot of teams who've gotten to the playoffs. I'm talking win the Super Bowl because that's what this is all about. They've spent all this money and draft stock and everything to build a team to win a Super Bowl. And I'm telling you, since the rookie wage scale kicked in in 2011, it hasn't happened outside of Russell Wilson. And that's not fair. (laughs) It's not fair. It uh, hasn't happened. Yeah, yeah. Ev- evidence suggests me, no, let, it can't happen. Let me put it this way. Would Carson Wentz have won the Super Bowl last year? Yeah, I think so. You think, think he would have? Yeah, I think he would have, yes. So you think it's possible in year yeah. two? Yeah, I do. If the right team is there? Yes. I think they would have I, I, I won. I mean, Foles performed tremendously. Let's you know, let's give, he did. give him credit. I still think they would have won. Right, and remember, the Eagles were not a team that had bottomed out. They traded, they no. made the trades to get up to get Wentz, so they, and they never, but he was you know, the, they never had a horrible year, so they were never bereft of any talent. But, but it's Mike's point, though, where they plug in the quarterback late. They did. Yeah. And and I, if you actually look at how the Eagles constructed that team, it's brilliant. I mean, the Alshon Jeffrey move was brilliant. This was a guy who was just completely thrown out. Nobody wanted him. This is almost the Des Bryant story, a few years younger, obviously. And they just said, yeah, we'll take a fly on you. They ended up extending him in the middle of the year because that worked out so well. So they just took sort of threw a couple of darts at the board a little bit, brought it in. It worked. And they went hard at it. They went hard after it. And I don't think it was a coincidence that Nick Foles won that Super Bowl. I don't. Look at the Case Keenums and the Nick Foles, these guys who have six years under their belt, who have maybe have been around a little bit, who have seen this league sort of evolve because they've been here before this process sort of started, the spread offense. They, they get it. And there's something to be said about that. There's something to be said about a non a non highly paid player veteran who has sort of seen something. I I I love the Aaron Rodgers story because it's Aaron Rodgers because he's he's the kind of guy you root for. But isn't that still something we should be rooting for? Guys who sit out a few years and and sort of take this in. I, I it completely goes against everything we've talked about this entire anymore. episode. Yeah, I don't, and I don't because think it's of gonna the happen. shortening of careers. Yeah. But there has to be something to that. And until we see. Jared Goff win a Super Bowl or Carson Wentz win a Super Bowl or Marcus Merritt win a Super Bowl, 
you've got to start to doubt this process. Yeah, but the you've Aaron, got to start to doubt it. The Aaron Rodgers situation was... Perfect, I know. Yeah, it completely unique. perfect. You, completely well, unique. Actually, no, it was pure brilliance by Green Bay to say, you know what? Yeah. We're not going to have far forever. No. This guy's an amazing talent. Let's get him now. He's going to sit. He's going to sit behind this guy, this Hall of Famer that we have. Yeah. Teams don't teams don't have the patience to no. do that or the guts anymore. to do the guts to the, draft or, or a the player who's basically a red shirt. Uh, you mentioned Russell Wilson. I know there are a couple other interesting type yeah. topics about the Seahawks that have come up. Yeah, it's not pretty. I mean, if you if you haven't been following the Seahawks, you've been missing a lot because they uh, they are not the Seahawks from you know last year or, or the last five years. Really, they've they've now shed four major defensive players. You know, the Marshawn Lynch era is over out there. They've, they've given away two wide receivers, Joan Curse and Paul Richardson. They're, they're a whole brand-new team. I mean, no Jimmy Graham. I mean, they're completely new out there. And it sounds like Earl Thomas is on his way out the door as well. Yeah, He's, so Sherman's gone. Chancellor's gone. He's Averill's retired. Gone. Uh, Bennett's gone. Uh, right, Bennett's oh. gone. I mean, everybody. Everybody's every, gone. Every veteran yeah. is out right now. Yeah, so. welcome to the NFL. It's, they, they, they hung on long, to that core longer than a lot of teams have. But, man, it got toxic, it sounds like. If you, if you haven't read yet, read a little bit about these Seahawks who have left and what they're saying about the situation and things like that out there because it seems like it wasn't a pretty situation. But that's, to me, that's... What made them great sure. with Pete Carroll, the and nasties. then what what ruined them? Because Pete Carroll let them run the show, and they did to this incredible intensity level until things didn't go well, and then that became a problem. And Pete's not the guy to necessarily stomp that down. You know what the problem was? The players kept telling him, "Should have ran the damn ball." <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that yeah, was a bad right. moment. <laughs> that was maybe a defining moment of that. But. Even beyond yeah. that, their 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 uh, belligerence or or yes. uh, uh, I'm, I can't I'm thinking of the word, but but their 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 ability to criticize their yes. coaches and their player decisions um, because they felt like they were in charge to me was a bad sign and has sort of led to a little bit of this. So uh, it was almost like a mutiny to some. Maybe that was the word I'm, I'm looking for. It, it's poss- It sounds like some of that happened. It sounds like it happened. It sounds like the Sherman move was necessary. I mean, like two years later, Richard Sherman was still complaining about that play call. I'm like, dude, get over it. Your coaches did what they did. Move on. Yeah, but they Paul, they won back-to-back Super yeah. Bowls in this era. I mean, that's Patriot-level stuff there. And they blew it. Against the Patriots because they didn't go with their strength. I ah, I, I just it's a dumb play. If you haven't looked, look, it would have worked. It would have been a great play. I know. Well, I, again, we not, nobody knows if he gets stuffed on that run play either. So <laughs> I know he doesn't. It come, Mr. Are you optimistic me? over here? You 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 <laughs> kidding? Right? You, I'm no. I'm. You don't have a crystal ball. I mean, we don't wasn't know for on, sure. Wasn't it on third down? Second first, down. Second. second down. He's got two cracks at it. From, from, are you kidding me? For the one, come on. Se- well, right, because the explanation from Carroll was they were going to throw. They, they, that that they were that they wanted to throw on second so they could run it on third. And it's just like uh, his former defensive coordinator with Atlanta who decided, hey, let's keep throwing yeah, the wow. damn ball. All we need to do is run, 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 kick, and you got the game over. And Kevin wins a square. All right, last thing. I want to end on end on baseball real quick because it's a it's a fun week of baseball. We saw the, the home run derby and the all star games tonight and all that. We've did, done. Some Bryce pe- Harper's dad was like uh, brushing was him up. Awesome. He was brushing him off the plate a little bit he, there, right? He struggled. <laughs> he struggled in that final. If you notice, he threw a lot of outside pitches. I would have been. I thought Bryce was going to start the charge there. Uh, that was fun though. But we've we've done some all star pieces on, on Spot Check, and we just actually launched our our best value, which is where we take half the year and we sort of value these players and, and grab a lineup and throw it out there. 
just two names to talk about. Everybody else is sort of, as you might expect, they're on the minimum contracts and they're, you know, superstars that just haven't been paid yet. But two, two names. Obviously, Mike Trout is the best value center fielder at $33 million. So that can tell you how good he is right off <laughs> the bat. Amazing. He's the sixth best value batter in baseball with the highest salary. That's awesome. So Amazing. it's unfreaking believable. There's no other way to say that. And the second guy is J.D. Martinez who signed for $23 million this year with, late with Boston. He was the top free agent out there. He waited forever to sign because nobody wanted to sign anybody this year. And he's the best value DH out there right now. So uh, Boston's getting a discount. He is certainly a superstar. He's a superstar. And if he opts out after next year, this has to change because he uh, he can't be playing on a, on a deal that's $10 million less than Trout when his numbers are close to Mike Trout over the last three years. Who's the best valued pitcher? Aaron Nola, Philadelphia Phillies, youngster. On a, on a pre-arbitration contract, um, there's some pretty fun names on this pitching list. Severino, Jacob deGrom, Chris Sale, and Blake Snell out of Tampa. Those are the top five right there. Um, super fun guys to watch. And we're going to talk about Jacob deGrom a little later on, uh, on Spot Track because he, uh, he's having his Earl Thomas moment himself here. His agent has come out and basically said, trade me or sign me because uh, I'm not playing for $8 million anymore yeah. on a team that's going nowhere. Um, yeah, and as a Mets fan, keep them. Okay, um, that's going to do it for today's podcast. A couple of things, though, real quick. Uh, make sure uh, you become a premium member of SpotTrack.com. You get the uh, premium podcast from Mike where he breaks down a, a player each week on that in depth and, of course, access to a lot of things, including the app. Make sure you download the app in the iTunes store. And if you listen to us on iTunes, be sure to rate us. Make it good. No, get, be sure to rate us. We Not love, individually. It's a group rating. Yeah, we love feedback. Mike, <laughs> Mike loves feedback. Mike's too gonna get five Twitter. stars. You and I, I'm not always so sure. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think that is definitely fair. Uh, and check out buffalosportspace.com if uh, you're uh, one of those seven one sixers out there. All right, for Mike Janetti and Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the SpotTrack.com podcast.